It's just the thing. It's the how it goes. Yeah. All right. Yes. You ready? Okay. Welcome to Sh- We're Reading Dirty Books. This is Kalina. And this is Saylet. And we are happy to have you back with us for another review of a paranormal romance novel. Mm-hmm. So happy April. Yes. To everyone. <laughs> and because this is April, it is AAPI Cultural Heritage Month, right? Yeah, yeah, there's different versions of it, but essentially it's, yeah, Asian Awareness Month, which is history. Yay. It's a celebration of, yeah. of, uh, of us, of me. Of Asian people. <laughs> and so we have picked um, Asian authors for this month for our books. And we're going to start off with one today. Yes. Yeah. Now, it was hard to find some Asian authors that did a lot of paranormal romance in the adult part of it. So this is actually a YA that we're going to be reviewing today. But it's unlike the cusp, I guess. I think it's an NA, YA into NA. New adult. Young adult into new adult level of Mm -hmm. slightly older, but not quite full spice level of an adult book yeah so if you guys are waiting for the sex in this book it doesn't happen there yeah it doesn't but yeah just as a psa like if anyone has asian authors in paranormal romance please send them my way i have struggled with finding Mm -hmm. uh, i found a ton of asian authors who write contemporary yeah tons tons (laughs) contemporary romance but uh the the paranormal romance is a little bit i'm finding less authors writing that so mm-hmm. but you know share your share your wealth with me and tell me about ones i don't know about <laughs> i'd Please. appreciate that well cool yeah well, so. you were about to say something you took no, a go deep ahead. breath well i, I was know. gonna say there's one that i read all of, a lot of her books she writes she writes like historical mystery fiction novel <laughs> <laughs> a little bit of romance in them. They're very, it's like, it's hard. Basically, she has, it's a retelling of the Sherlock Holmes story, but with oh. Sher- Sherlock as a girl, as, as a lady named Charlotte. Nice. Um, who has to pretend to be a man because obviously people in the 1800s, uh, England wouldn't take a woman very seriously. Uh-huh. So it's very, uh-huh. like, it's very good because she's tricking all these men into believing that, you know, she, like, using her brains. But it's written by an Asian woman, uh, Sherry Thomas. And nice. It, they're fucking great. They're just not our genre. <laughs> right. And like when I say a little bit of romance, I mean, it took like six books to get sex. And I was like, God <laughs> damn it. <laughs> Where's my sex? Very, very little. <laughs> but I mean, she's flirting the whole time with this one guy because she's very, she's a very modern person. And she's just like, uh, she doesn't care about relationships or marriage. She doesn't want to be like a standard, you know, housewife right. of the time. And so she's just like, sex is sex. It's fine. Whatever. Who cares? Which is <laughs> but anyway, what it is. That it, It's the Charlotte Holmes series by Sherry Thomas, if anyone's interested. So, okay. Anyway, sorry. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Well, let's just get into it. Yes. Let's do this. Quickie. So if you were a master martial artist, because that's what you and I aspire to be, right? At least that's what I do. I mean, like, for real for me. You I don't do. Know, I, I don't. definitely do. <laughs> but good for you. If you could have a weapon of choice that you were, like, super, super badass at, what would you choose? 
just knowing from like the different out of all the stories that we've read, different weapons and stuff that people have used to battle each other. I would choose the katana blade Ooh, yeah. because I the, one of the only video games I ever actually got into and played consistently like all the way through and actually beat was, I think it was the first Left 4 Dead, but maybe it was mm. some middle version of Left 4 Dead. I don't know. But <laughs> I would always try to get a katana. Like that was the only weapon I wanted to kill the zombies with. <laughs> Nice, nice. So I feel as if that would be my choice of weapon. I feel like it would give me, like I'm short, so I need the range to be able to like keep people That's- off of me. <laughs> That's, I think it's real funny that you say that because, like, you chose a melee weapon, which is, like, you're, you have to be real close to a person <laughs> to attack them. And you're like, I need range. Whereas if you wanted range, you would have, like, a bow and arrow. <laughs> I definitely don't think I have the uh, aim for those kind of weapons. I don't think I could aim very well at all. <laughs> Maybe you could do, like, a bow staff because then it's just, Ooh, like. Oh, I would also like to hit people with that. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I'm all for uh, hitting people with both staffs. And then you're a little bit further away. You're not as close. You don't get the blood splashed back on you. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you know. Yeah. I think Katana is a really good choice. Really, really good choice. I personally think I would want to learn how to use a Psy. They are Michelangelo's weapons. The trident looking like Yes, things? the trident okay. looking ones. Yeah. <laughs> so if we're talking about Ninja Turtles. Ninja here. Turtles. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. Wait, are they Michelangelo's or does he have the nunchucks? Oh, oh, I don't know. Shit. Don't ask me. <laughs> I could totally be wrong. I am, I apologize to anybody who's more of a fucking Ninja Turtles right now. Whoever has the size. <laughs> I feel like an idiot if I maybe that's Raph. Okay, look. I'm okay, so sorry. well, there's only it's four just... of them, so you got one more you could get. <laughs> it's one of the damn turtles. But uh, I don't turtles. know. It just looks really cool. Obviously. They do look cool, but that one you're even closer. Hell that's, yeah! You don't have a lot of range at all. You got to poke them nope. directly with those you're things. Right up on there, and you have to be fucking quick as shit. So. Yeah. Or, I mean, I'm also fine with, like, being way, way in the background, which is where I normally like to be, and, like, bow and arrow people. Okay. Just lost the shit out of people. Lego, yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you're that good, then yeah. Hell yeah. Why not? Why not? I mean, honestly, (laughs) if we're going to go with anything, can I just shoot people with a gun? (laughs) Right. If we're going to go there, right? Can I just... If you're going to make me fight shit, can I shoot them with a gun? (laughs) Can I just have the end game gauntlet and snap my fingers? Yeah, they <laughs> right. Leave me alone. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but no, I mean that's not fun. It's not nearly as fun. No, not at all. But okay, well, cool. there you go. Okay, so we read and are reviewing Jade Fire Gold by June C. Tan, and it was narrated by Natalie Nadas and Kevin Shen. And I am not going to be able to do a very detailed or in-depth Clits Notes for you guys. It's a lot of uh, Chinese mythology. Like, you know, the the stories are built on probably mythological stories that I'm not as familiar with, uh, you know, Mm -hmm. being pretty much just steeped in Western Mm -hmm. mythology and culture. 
But there's really cool phoenixes and dragons and yeah. swords and shit. So I'm just going to give you a real general idea of what the story is. And we're going to yeah, follow yeah. the main characters and not, I can't get into the layers because, you know, it's <laughs> fascinating and you should read the book. Yeah. If you haven't read the book, that's on you. <laughs> if you have, then you know how awesome it was and you don't need me telling you my bad version of it. So <laughs> so basically, this is the story of An and Altan, both of who have pretty traumatic childhoods and they're of similar ages so they were would have had their traumas kind of similar similarly timed i like think six to eight years old yeah so but we meet them later in life we meet them in their late teens on is living in a village with a woman who is her adopted grandmother and she is sick and on is trying to help her but just can't really catch a break. There's no real jobs. The desert has claimed the village. And so the, you know, life is really hard to scratch out in this kind of desert town where there's just not a lot of food or resources for people. And so it's very, it's a tough struggle. She doesn't know anything about her parents. She doesn't really have great memories from before she was like six-ish. And she was just found by Ama, who has then raised her as her own since then. Mm -hmm. Then we have Altan, who is a bit older. He has been trained as a mercenary. Yeah, uh, I think but, you could say that. Yes, and he has magic. He shoot. What is what is what are they were calling him? Seagulls. Sea ghost? Is that what you said? Or seagulls? <laughs> no, neither of those. I'm trying to say the word that they used for the the magic people who they were always trying to kill. Priests. No, no. The priests were trying to kill the magic people, but the magic people's name were. <gasps> oh. oh. Um. No. Oh, damn it. <laughs> Gentai. I think so. Okay. Gen I'm not going to say Gen it again, I, I don't know that I'm right. <laughs> oh, yeah. They, we're going to fuck up all the pronunciations in this um, book. So I'm uh, trying. So, But yeah. anyway, he is... Uh, so there's... In this land, it was ruled by an emperor. <laughs> <laughs> Guys. <laughs> but... <laughs> <laughs> there's there are people with magic and they are always blamed for what's going wrong in the in the society so they are often if they are found they are killed and anyone who is found to be harboring them is punished their tongues are cut out they're left to die no one helps them it's very intense and and it's this priesthood that tracks them down but it turns out the priests also have magic yes they do so i don't know exactly why they get to track down the other magic people and declare that that magic's bad magic but whatever that's what's going on right now it seems very unfair there's this like d dual magical you know I issue happening but the the emperor has just passed the country's in mourning and shortly his young son will take the throne but he's only like 18 so he's not quite of age yet he has to wait until his maturity so uh -huh. his mom's gonna sit in his place as dowager empress anyway so they're in this town altan and on meet they have a really cute meet cute they have an adorable meet cute it's That's like aladdin cute. she's like, like stealing oh, shit because she's always hungry you know and trying to help <laughs> her grandma so she's like stealing crap and he catches mm -hmm. her and he like what are you going to do? Just steal shit? And she's like, yeah, what are you going to do? <laughs> and then he pays the dude. And she's like. It gives her the fruit. Okay. And oh, it's so lovely. But then she ends up killing two guys with her magic. Because she, she does also have magic. She's been trying to hide it because she knows it's bad. She She's does like the person with magic. Well, she doesn't know. She turns out to be the life stealer. Uh-huh. Which is the one kind of magic that everyone's been waiting to come back. It existed two, three generations ago. There was a life stealer. And he was 
the emperor and he, he was it a bad depends guy. on which history you listen to. He either was a great guy who expanded the empire true. <laughs> or he was a bad guy who used his magic in a dark, bad way to control people. So either mm-hmm. way, she is now the life stealer. And now all of a sudden, all parties are involved. They want to get their hands on her and control her because she either has the power to maybe save the world or end the world. We're not sure. It depends on who you believe. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so people are out to kill her, like Altan, who's decided that he's going to use her to get the sword and take back his throne, because he is, he was the son of the emperor who was killed by his brother. Oh my god, there's so much in this. <laughs> there's a lot. Well, I think the, I think it's hard because we have to, we are usually giving names, and the names are, you know, they're not yeah. of our but, tongue, so we don't know how to so, say it. Anyway, he, he is a rightful descendant to the throne, and he wants to take his throne back and not let his cousin, who is the uh, emperor-in-waiting currently, take control. Anyway, so he's searching for the the life stealer because he wants he assumes it's a guy and he wants to use his power to find this magical sword that is prophesied to be the sword that can save the world. Mm-hmm. And then he wants, if he needs to, to kill the life stealer so that they can't be bad like his great grandfather was. Yeah, An just wants to live. <laughs> She has lots. She's just surviving. Goals. She's she like, just can surviving. I just not die? <laughs> yep. But she accidentally kills some guys who were after her. The priests catch her. They take her away. But instead of taking her to kill her like they normally do with magical people, they take her to the palace because it is immediately evident that she has this magical life-stealing power and not just normal fire or water or air or earth power. Mm -hmm. Then she meets her father, who is the premier to the emperor, basically the head politician dude. He's not good, it turns out. No. (laughs) At first she thinks he is. She's really happy. She's met Mm -hmm. him. She's been reunited. He says he's going to take care of her grandmother and all this wonderful thing. But it turns out he always knew she was the life stealer and was trying to train her from a childhood to be this. And she didn't want to be. And her mom took her away to save her. And then we don't know what happened to her mom, but she's gone. So An is starting to figure out that maybe what she thinks is happening isn't good. Like they're training her to use her magic, but she's starting to see that maybe it's they're training her to use it for bad purposes. She ends up getting out. She gets escaped. Uh escaped she gets rescued (laughs) Rescued. god you guys it's like i don't know any fucking words anymore she gets rescued by uh leia and altan leia is he is a priest but he's kind of like a double agent yes he's working within the priesthood to bring down the priesthood and he also grew up with altan and the other uh taishun the uh would-be emperor the young boy altan's cousin the cousin yeah taishun so they all escape they go on a big adventure they have to use magic and escape things and stay away from assassins and attackers and this and that and they go on a boat and they sail into the green dragon sea and it's a magical place where things actually like could go really wrong if they aren't Mm -hmm. careful and on has a vision where she meets a dragon in the water and they talk and he explains to her her past and her potential future like her fate Mm -hmm. to be this life stealer and gives her the sword um and so she gets the sword and they use it to escape some other things that are happening but she gets taken back to the palace with the sword and it turns out it's a black sword and that's supposed to be the death sword and she was trying to find the light sword 
Um, so at first she thinks she's failed and she's messed up and brought this really bad sword into the palace. But it turns out it's the same sword. It just, yeah. it was always a good, like swords are neither pos- like good or bad. They are what they are well, like um, used for. Mm-hmm. So it had been used for negative magic in the past. So it turned black and became a bad sword. But if she were to choose the path of light, she could turn it back into the white sword. so all throughout this the what really is important to us is the relationship between on and altan Mm -hmm. because they kind of are spending a lot of time together they have a very like at first kind of adversarial relationship because he caught her stealing and then was really cute about it and she was all like i'm not i don't want to owe you anything and all Mm -hmm. this stuff but you can tell by the way they interact that they're really starting to care for each other and their whole purposes are changing like on wants to help him regain his throne, wants to save the country. Altan doesn't want to kill her, wants to use her to help, like, wants maybe possibly even to marry her. We're ser- maybe, oh, we're not yeah. sure. He tells um, her he loves her at the end, I'm yes. sure. That's so, but, there, but this all is growing the whole time between the two of them. And then there's a big battle at the end. Mm-hmm. Her father ends up dying because he's, not, again, not a good dude. He says some awful shit to her, like, I'd rather kill you myself and all kinds of stuff. And all the the people who we care about all live. They're injured. A lot of them are terribly injured, but they survive. She sacrifices herself to save the day and then is rewarded by not being dead. Yeah. The phoenix is like, you get one wish. You get a not be dead. And she didn't even wish to not be dead. She wished that everyone she loved would be safe. Yeah. And the phoenix was like, okay, well, they need you to be safe. So voila. Wow. It was so good. Yes. So good. because, yeah, she didn't even use her wish selfishly. So, mm-hmm. um, But, yeah, in the end, it turns out that the cousin, Tai Shun, is not even of royal blood. So he really shouldn't have been supposed to be taking uh, mm-hmm. going as emperor anyway. And he abdicates in favor of Altan, who's the rightful son of the murdered uh, emperor. So he be- he's about to become emperor. Everybody's happy and alive. And, and An and him are like kissing and it's cute. <laughs> <laughs> it is. It's super cute. I think what I love most about this story is mm-hmm. that you've got a group of teenagers, right, that are trying to find their way and understand their roles in life to make them and their, you know, their country and their just situation so much better. And all of them, all of the kids that are involved in this, and I, I shouldn't say kid, all, all of the, the young people that are involved in this, they are good people. Because at mm-hmm. first I was just like, I don't really want to meet a young kid that I don't want to root for. Or, well, right. And at first you aren't certain on anyone. Sure. So like Lin Shi, right? Yeah. His name? Lin yeah. Shi. Uh, the, the oh no, Li Ye, Li Ye. Uh, oh, Li Ye. Uh, Li Ye. Not, so Lin, Lin Shi is her um, handmaiden and she Her handmaiden, cool. yeah. She was cool. She was also a double agent. Yes. But Li Ye, you really, until we found out that he was a double agent, it was a real tough call. On you couldn't he tell. he was on his, her side or not on her side. Yep. Because he was mm-hmm. like a little bit nicer to her than a regular priest, but he was also like he was not hard very on her. helpful. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so you're like, oh, I don't know. Am I going to? And then also she kind of was a little bit flirty with him at first. And I was like. Yeah, because they're, you know, 
he's like really good looking. I mean, so was Taishan, but then she realized that he has an eye out for Lie. So, oh like, yeah, they're in love. <laughs> or well, at least one of them. Well, in love he's with in him. love with yes. Lie. Yeah, you Taishan. don't really get. You don't know anything. He's so mysterious. We don't know anything about Lie. He's yeah. very yeah yeah. We don't know at the end, but he does help. Like so, but he's also on the on the side fighting to kind of bring down this corrupt priesthood mm-hmm. that has gotten too much control and too much power in the country and is not using it well. Yeah. So yeah, no, this is a very good, I guess, collaborative of different backgrounds, if you can think of different stories. So like Avatar, The Last Airbender, not the blue people. (laughs) (laughs) Not that Avatar. Or even like other old Chinese movies that you that you like, I grew up watching those Chinese movies all the time. So I reminisce about a, a couple of different stories that I've that I've seen and stuff. It's just a really good collaboration of all. I mean, like even Moana, I thought of. It's just yeah, because like these... when the gem is stolen, yeah, the earth falls into disrepair. Like the, mm-hmm. the the life of the earth is falling apart because there's no balance. So yeah, there's the no sword balance. needs to bring the balance, and it was used in such a negative way that that's why like the desert keeps expanding and people keep suffering uh-huh, uh-huh. because they need to restore the balance. Like, that's a big one in this in the book is a you know the balance like yeah. Like for like, you know, dark for light, kind of exchanging those pieces to create that balance. And it's great. Yeah. And for the characters, a huge focus on Mm self-discovery and figuring out like, because On doesn't remember her past. And Alton does, but he doesn't like his past. So he's trying to fix and get to the throne and redeem everything. So, but even all of the other characters have different pasts and stuff, but they are discovering themselves as young people growing up and then trying to get along together. Alton, when he comes back, he sees his cousin, Taishan, and he's just like, I should kill him. I'm really mad at him. But, but Taishan has been like the sweetest kid the oh whole God. time. I fucking love him so much. He's so adorable. He, he's so cute. I love him. And yeah. It, the reason he's mad at him is such a hard thing. It so is. he, when they were both around eight-ish, I think, he overhears the plan that, so Taishan overhears the plan of his own parents to kill the sitting emperor uh-huh. who is Altan's father and take the throne because uh, the person who they thought everyone who thought Taishan's father is is the brother to the emperor the emperor's brother and he mentions that he has overheard this to Altan after his father has been killed. So yeah. Altan's pissed because he knew about it before. Yeah. And he's like, why didn't you do anything? And I'm like, the kid's eight. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I think we need to, like, he's a little guy. your kids are eight. <laughs> what are they, they supposed go. to do? Like, oh, yeah, I heard him say that. Now he's dead. Hey, my own father oh. says he's going to kill your father. Somebody stop it, right? <laughs> like, that's a crazy thing. <laughs> And I get it. I understand the pain and the, the hurt that Alton's feeling. And he has all of this baggage because he also thinks it's his fault that his mom and sister got killed mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and that he survived. But one of the really strong threads is like people in his life telling him to learn forgiveness and to learn yes. to move forward and live. Like if you're if you're obsessed about this past and this uh, revenge story, then you're not living. What's the point? Like you're not yeah. in the moment. You're not living for yourself currently today and for your future because you're just focused on the past and what's happened. And so in the end, he has to learn that because he does let 
Taishun's mother live, even though yes. she was one of the conspirators to kill his father. And he said, you know. Yeah, June is really, she, she tied in a lot of old wisdom into this with all of her, like a lot of her older characters, like mm-hmm. Shifu, who taught and raised Altan. And really, they put away a lot of pride, like a lot of, you know, they're teenagers, so they still have a lot of angst and stuff. But like, they start to learn and develop from it, especially Altan, I think, where he was like, I do have to forgive. And that's when he forgave Taishun. Mm-hmm. And also like different, I don't know if they were prophecies. They weren't prophecies. They were just kind of like fortune tellings, I guess, really. Yeah. Like, from the Phoenix. Yeah. Well, it's more like a little bit of a prophecy, but more of a like, this is your you know path and you're going to have to mm-hmm. find it. Yeah. Well, and, and they were all given a chance at redemption. Yes. Because like, in that end... Taishan hears his mother's new plan to use <laughs> This on. empress is bonkers. She's the empress and she's going to use on <laughs> and marry her off to Taishan and like kill the father and all this crazy shit. Like she had a real intense plan. Like it, it honestly yeah. didn't make a lot of sense. I was like, lady, that is crazy. <laughs> um, but he overhears it and instead of doing nothing like he did back when he was eight, when he overheard a, a you know, similar plot, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. he goes immediately to Alton and gets him out of a cell. He's he's in prison at the moment and helps him escape and tells him everything that's going on. And, and he's like, I just wanted to do the right thing this time. Yeah. And so you can see like you can't hold the mistakes of an eight year old against no. an 18 year old they're not the same <laughs> expect eight-year-old results if you're yeah. going to do that i mean like that's yeah, yeah. you know so it's very I, I i did like it all the characters are so wonderful so they really are when tang wei got ooh, stabbed or sliced or something in one of the fight scenes towards the end my heart dropped <laughs> so hard so fucking hard because i'm like no if she dies i will lose my shit because <laughs> i love i love them all i love all six of the main characters yeah they all have like a big place in my heart like i'm i'm gonna follow this series and it's just oh it's i think it's just so much fun but as soon as as soon as she got injured and on was like i have to protect her and this is when I mean, Alton was sort of already starting to see it because in the beginning he was always like, "I have to kill the life taker." What is it? What is it? What is she called? Life what stealer. Called? Life Either, stealer. She has a couple different names. Life yeah, a stealer, couple soul stealer. Mm-hmm. You know, to to right the wrongs of the world, or to make everything balanced and stuff again. Yeah. But he obviously has a lot to learn, and on has self discovery, and they all do. But uh, Tang <laughs> Tang Wei is just like the best friend that everybody needs, right? <laughs> Yeah, she's pretty blunt about a bunch of shit. Like yeah. she she saw them being attracted oh, yeah. to each other from the beginning and she's just constantly like, Why don't you guys just like kiss already? And, yeah. and they're all like, What do you mean? We don't love each other and she's like, Bullshit. <laughs> Bullshit, golden boy. I can see it. Yeah. So she's really, yeah, she's very, she's fun. Yeah, it's um, it's so great. And her girlfriend is really cute too. Her she she's dating uh, Ling Shi, mm-hmm. the handmaiden spy lady mm-hmm. who's like in the palace, stealing all the secrets and passing it on to the Lotus sect and stuff. Yep, it's really fun. Who Tang Wei is with? Yes, they're like this like warrior group of women, assassins. Assassin, like the <laughs> most bad. That's why I fucking love her because she's like the most badass. <laughs> When they all popped up over the wall yes. with their, like, throwing stars and, like, took down, like, all of the priests, like, instantly. I was oh, like, my God. Yeah. Dude, I was living in, like, the best animated dream of my entire, like, just, I just was incorporating so many different colors and 
characters and different fantasies and stuff that I've read and watched my entire childhood up until Mm -hmm. Avatar. It's just like, oh, it was just so beautifully mixed inside my head and I loved it. Thank you, June, for taking me there. (laughs) It was awesome. It was very lovely. Yeah. And there was good representation in this book Mm -hmm. with Hang Wei and Ling Chi and then Tai Shun. But obviously, we don't know anything about Lei Ye yet because we don't know anything about him, really. He's still a mystery. He is. He's he's the biggest mystery. Yeah. So that was beautiful. It was beautifully written. It was just, and written like it was as it should be, just part of a book and not strained in any way. No, it was it was a good story, and yeah, we've got to save grandma, and and oh, we did lose Shifu though, right? And that was we very did lose Shifu. We lost Shifu because of because he'd also been kidnapped, sort of. Well, he was imprisoned. Yeah, yeah. There's a whole story. You guys are gonna have to like go in and and, and read it. But he did get. I don't know if it was the priests that got the him. priests who like burned down the inn they were staying in, right? Yeah, and kid. That's when they kidnapped Ama. That's when they kidnapped Ama. Ama. And, and uh, killed Sifu. Killed Shifu. Oh, that was upsetting. I was like, that oh, was no. that was upsetting. But I mean, maybe it's really terrible for me to say that. I was just like, well, it's it's almost kind of like one of those like in Harry Potter, he loses his headwork at the end, right? Right. Yeah. Well, he loses fucking all of them. <laughs> like, that's true. He loses like everybody. But it was almost like his last his last string to a childhood that was like like something positive of his childhood that's such a hard thing for him to have grown up in you know to Uh understand to know and shifu was that last string so it was really hard but i think it was needed to help him grow and that's when he was just like you have to forgive well actually no he gave him that speech before i think but he did tell him to take care of An. yes he did uh shifu's final words were like take care of her Mm -hmm. and i think that was a struggle for alton too because he was still at that point he hadn't quite decided he wasn't gonna have to kill her like he was right. like still kind of on the fence about i might have to kill her mm-hmm. and you know the whole time you're like please don't kill her <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's not gonna that is that cannot be the answer you just know it you're like that isn't the, answer, the answer to solve this yeah you don't solve this by more like wanton violence you know no for sure and he sees that he's got such a good pure heart all of them do. All of the teenagers that are in this book. And did I mean you probably picked up on it even before you read the book, but as soon as he said that he lost his sister and he woke up alone, I was like, Oh, she's still alive. <laughs> I totally And then they give the, the what is epilogue. It called? The epilogue at the what end. What do you think about that one? Because that actually came off to me as super ominous and I'm not I didn't it's feel good about totally it. Um, I, I think she's like, going to come in. Is she going to be problematic? I think Yes, I think so. But she's looking to redeem her father's death, right? Redemption well, for her father's death. So she's going to go out looking for the premier who is, is that what, they, what he's called? Yeah, but he's dead. But, he's, but she doesn't know that. She doesn't know that. So now her and Alton are going to have a super contentious relationship. Yeah, they're not going to get along. They're not going to get along. But I think they will eventually. I, I think he's going to be surprised. Yeah, I, I agree because I, just that whole very epilogue scene I was like yeah. well this is this lady is uh, intense and I yeah. don't I don't get a good vibe I didn't I didn't vibe yes. well with it I was I like agree. ooh <laughs> I think it's gonna be so awesome because she's gonna come in and be like I don't like you I don't forgive you I don't whatever I'm really mad at the situation and he's gonna be like I'm really sorry and I will do anything for you because you're my twin sister and I love you because you know what I mean at, at least yeah. that's how I've built them in my brain obviously this is gonna have to be something out. else but yeah okay yeah alright yeah 
But I thought that was so cool. It is disconcerting. It is. Okay. Yeah. And look, the other underlying thing is you guys can't fight against a mother's love. Every single mother in this book just fucking sacrificed themselves in some way or another for they their did. child. They all it did. It was beautiful. Like even at the end, like even uh, Tai Shun's mom, who was like really challenging, like yeah. trying to connive everything and poisoning people left and right. She's the Dowager Empress. Mm-hmm. But then she really, they are able to control her because they're like, if you, you know, Tai Shun says, if you don't do this, if you don't tell me everything you know, I will never forgive you if yeah. something happens to On. To On. And she's just like, well, she but you're my son and I do it all for you and he's like it doesn't matter i won't forgive Mm-mm. you and so then she's like well i, I will yeah. <laughs> so she's like okay all right and she she does she's like i'll do this because i love you you're my son but he loves his cousin and has a good moral heart so he knows what's best and what yes. needs to be done and he just was ill-suited to be an emperor anyway just because she wanted him to be so many of yeah. those are like that story transcends you know a lot of cultures it's in a lot oh, yeah. of things where it's like these super ambitious mothers who are like i'm gonna put my son on the throne of everything and he's gonna rule forever and like the sons are just like uh i want to i want to learn it. medicine and <laughs> i want i want to go to university and, and do other i shit. want to work in a garden and i don't want to do that and moms are just like <laughs> no you will be do. you will be emperor he's like i don't want Living to vicariously them yeah taishan just wants to like play his flute and be an alchemist like yep. he's just that's all he wants and he wants to love lay yeah and he does want to but i mean who doesn't that guy's badass he looks hot all of them do okay all, of them are pretty hot. Yeah. all right let's do our kiss and tell okay okay so as alton and on are traveling together he rescues her from being in prison and stuff you know obviously they're they're on a ship and stuff and and so they have to stay sometimes together in the same places so they sleep on the floor and on the ground and all this stuff together so he experiences all of her her night terrors her nightmares and the dreams that she's going through and things and she's talking in her sleep so the kids and tell for this episode we thought would be really cool to kind of talk about uh, you know our own stories about nightmares and dreams and any correlating stories mm-hmm. that we may have to i guess reality and i guess <laughs> and dreams and stuff dreams. you know yeah, because it's very it it comes up a lot in the books. Like both of those main characters have nightmares. Yes, actually, yeah. Like he frequently dreams of the desert and the storm and the fire that killed his family and the sand. And then she's always oh, she's got lots of different dreams. They happen and they she all feel very symbolic to like yeah. telling her stuff that she needs to know. Especially for most of the books, she doesn't have any of her childhood memories. Mm-hmm. They're locked away and she keeps having these dreams about things and, and they feel like memories or feel like pieces of memories that she should know and she doesn't. And then all of a sudden she takes a potion from the Empress and it unlocks her memories and yeah. reminds her like that she and well, it, it shows her to be wary of her father. Because before she was trying so hard, she was like, I'm so happy I'm with my father again. Mm-hmm. And he seemed good, but her memories reminded her that he was the one trying to push her to use the magic and kill things. And and suppose and took her mother away somehow. We're not sure how, but... No, but yeah, but she then remembers that like, her mom used the fire to burn her dad. Yes, that's and why then, he's and got then the escape masks. with her, yeah. Yeah. But anyway, so dreams matter a lot in this book, and it seems to be very symbolic, and it teaches them, kind of gives them guideposts for ideas and uh, future steps they might need to take. So mm-hmm. we'll we'll do our own dreams 
sometimes and discuss whether we have nightmares or dreams or what they yeah. mean and if we know at all. Well, I think it's really great because she, you know, she obviously June ties in Chinese and, and Eastern ideologies around dreams and, and mm-hmm. things like that. And this is something that like my mom is real big on mm-hmm. when, uh, you know, and she's really into like feng shui and, and things like that. So she's taught us that and sort of indoctrinated that into us. And so my, I think my siblings are a little bit more spiritual than I am. I think I'm more scientific. <laughs> like I need, <laughs> I need proof. I believe that dreams are there, but that's because I have a brain that's active. You yeah. know what I mean? So like I see things during the day and then I dream about them. That's just how I'm, I'm wired. So if I dream about a fish, to my mom, that would mean that good luck and money is coming. Mm-hmm. But for me, it's just like I just had a mojada. Like, it's, it's delicious. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> or like if I dream about snakes, my mom's mm-hmm. like, oh, someone's got a crush on you. And I was just like, or I'm like terrified about going hiking the next day because I know that there are going to be snakes on the road. It's just <laughs> for me, I've got a reason as to why I'm having these dreams. And I dream every single night. I don't mm-hmm. always remember them, but I do dream every night. I have very vivid, vivid imagination. That's why I loved listening to this book because I was just so in it for everything. Mm-hmm. It was so colorful. But um, I did have one dream that I got to tell you guys about. I was like 20 something a long, long time ago. And I worked at a big communications company, a big corporation that I did collections for. And I was talking to one of my friends, my coworkers there. And I said, I said, hey, I had a dream that you and your wife were pregnant, but you guys lost your baby. It was just super weird. And they'd already had a couple of boys, you know. And I said, I think the baby was a girl, but I don't know. I just thought that was just really weird. And I told him that in passing. So then he told his wife. And then she emailed me and told me that she had just had a miscarriage. Oh. Yeah. And she was like, it was something along the lines of, I've been really trying to grapple with this whole thing. Obviously, we don't know if it was a boy or a girl. Mm -hmm. It was pretty early on. She goes, but your dream sort of helped me deal with it. She was Mm -hmm. like... I don't know why, but it's just like someone else was sharing this experience with us, even though it was completely off the grid, I guess, mm-hmm. type of thing. But thank you for telling him that it I'm it's actually helping me heal. And I was like, whoa, that's super bizarre and weird, but you're yeah. welcome. I had no idea. None. Oh, wow. And I totally was just like, I, I told him casually. I was mm-hmm. like, hey, dude, that is super weird dream about <laughs> you and your wife, blah, blah, blah. Because we're always, he, he's such a nice guy. He was so funny and just, uh-huh. we had fun, casual conversations. So I just told him jokingly and he played it off very well like he was just like oh cool that's an interesting dream you know but it obviously (laughs) affected him in a certain way and he told his wife about it and she told me about it it was very weird that's that is super weird those kind of coincidences are always so Mm -hmm. strange that's exactly what i feel like it is just a coincidence i don't think that it means like how did you anything else how did your subconscious pick that up you know yeah. and somehow it did though it totally that's did. weird i don't dream like <laughs> ever well, you don't sleep so. well i don't sleep <laughs> it's hard to dream when you don't sleep but no i don't dream like ever and when i do it's usually like work stress related sure so yeah. like my auditors are chasing me down the hall or something <laughs> With their notebooks and their yeah, pencils. Well, usually they have weapons and I don't know why. <laughs> That's awesome. Calculators. And tape. That's awesome. But you know, it's, but they, I just, 
have them occasionally. Usually I'm either stressed or I have a fever. That's when I remember having dreams. Mm-hmm. It's when I'm in a really stressed mood or I'm actually sick and then I have wild, intense fever dreams. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh, no. <laughs> but those ones feel a lot more symbolic than reality. <laughs> sure. Because they're all like, you know, things are like psychedelic almost in those dreams. And oh, so yeah. I'm like, I don't know what I could interpret out of that, but it feels like it's, <laughs> I don't it's think the, less straightforward. <laughs> I, personally, I, I just I just don't think that you could really decipher anything from your dreams. It's just the experiences that you had, like, like the Draco Malfoy dream that I dreamed of mm-hmm. that I I talked about a couple of years ago <laughs> like what the yeah f- where <laughs> like that's never one ever gonna happen and two like why <laughs> you were thinking about it's it and now you dream about yeah. it so it happens and it's great too i think the tie-in to this is that june had a dream herself about a girl trying mm-hmm. to survive in the desert and that's what sprung this story and so she was able to to create characters in the story and stuff from this and I think of watching Star Wars or something I, I read it on her website mm-hmm. which by the way if you guys go to her website juneCLtan.com slash jadefiregold you could get these really beautiful characteristic drawings of the characters and they are um, and a little bit more of the story and stuff and a map of the world it's really cool. So you guys could, should go check that out and get a little bit more details about the book. But yeah, so that's our uh, that's our kiss and tell. Yeah, so cool. And that kind of takes us into our fun fuck fact for the week, which is dream interpretation. What do <laughs> dreams mean? And this article can be found on verywellmind.com. It's called Dream Interpretation, What Do Dreams Mean? <laughs> uh, it's by Kendra Cherry, and it was updated on February 9th, 2022. And I'm not going to read much from it. It's just got the different, it goes through the different theories, like Freud and Young and Hall and Domhoff. They have all like kind of written about dreams and their imagery and and trying to interpret dreams. So you can go through and read it if you like and see what you kind of what feels right for you in terms of whether you believe dreams to be more symbolic or manifesting desire, Mm -hmm. subconscious, you know, things that you're trying to tell yourself that are being blocked. So stuff like that. So, but that's, we'll, we'll share this article at that time. So Cool. Well, then let's move into our rating. And obviously, because of this no sexual content in this one, we could just rate the book. Yeah. Overall. We could be very just, hard to rate this. Yeah. Because there was none. <laughs> we got a nice kiss at the end. That was fun. We did. And Alton was like, I love you. You can't go. Because at the end, Aunt's like, I have to go. I'm going to yeah. leave the palace. What was the reason she, again? She wants to go search for her mom. That's or at what least what happened to her she mom. She wants to go figure out what happened to her mom. So she knows of a place that her mom lived once. And she got some kind of biased stories from her dad about who her mom had been. Because they'd mm-hmm. both apparently been part of the priesthood. And so she wanted to kind of go figure that out, find out her mom's past. And like her own memories of them on the run are like her mom is putting a block on her memories and her, yeah. her magic. So she can't use them. And can't be traced then to. Yeah. Know. And so she's going off to see if she, because she doesn't have any memory of what happened to a band, like to end, have her end up orphaned in that town where she yeah. was found by Ama. Mm-hmm. So she's got to find her mom. So she's going to go off and do that. She and Altan, she 
she she said, you know, there's something here. There's something between us, but we just need, you know, some more time to figure some yeah. things out. We're not there yet. Which We're is so responsible <laughs> to say for such a young lady, like a 19-year-old. Right? That's like... She could stay and become the empress if she yes. just married him and like was like, cool, now we're and married and I'm the empress. And like can build the beautiful world that they want to do because they're both good people. Yeah, but instead she's going to run away to find her mom. Yes, she's going to have to, just, which is, uh, yeah, it's it's beautiful. And I, I do. Oh, there was another thing was, I think the narration in this book helped me with that. And you and I have, to, we've discovered, have varying ideas about this. But I think this is really interesting because Alton, Kevin Shen, who did the narration for this, really helped the animation inside my head when I was picturing everything here. And Natalie did agree too. I, I enjoyed them both very much. But when he told her he loved her in the end, he was like, I'm in love with you. I don't know. I just love the expressions in his voice and the way his voice sounded. <laughs> to me, he sounds like he sounds Chinese to me. <laughs> and I mean, well, yeah, it probably is. I'm but sure. I, I don't know. But I just love it because and also when they're, you know, speaking and doing their dialogue and stuff, they're pronouncing the, the names the correct way. Oh, yeah. I mean, not like me. <laughs> well, no, not like me either. But like, I don't know. I just I really enjoy no, that is that is good. Um, I okay, so listening to it, I did not like Kevin Chen's narration. Everything you've said since then has really helped. And it, it's given me a different perspective on it. And appreciating I just I didn't like his women voices. Yeah, like, they're I, always hard. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Especially, are oh, you going to say Tang Wei? Yes, especially yes. <laughs> Tang Wei. I was like, and that actually affected my opinion of her as a character for a good chunk of the book. I thought oh. she was just annoying. And I was mm. wishing she wasn't around because I thought the way he voiced her, because she was only a character in his sections for a lot of the book because it yeah. was just them on their travels. So her whole character was just voiced by him. I didn't get a, a female voicing her for a, until like later on in the book. Mm-hmm. And so I struggled because I was like, God, this is an annoying character because of the way he did her voice was he, yeah. kind he, of like an, an irritating young little sister. sister. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I no, like, I know what you mean. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh. <laughs> but now that what you say about it, it makes more sense. It does sound more like a cartoon. It does feel like anime. The mm-hmm. voice feels an, like an anime voice. Yeah. I, I think I just struggled with that's not what I was hearing at first and that and I didn't love it. But I like how you've you've turned you've changed my mind about it. <laughs> <laughs> it's just it's it's a it's a different context for me mm-hmm. when we get into stories like this, especially ones that I think have a little bit more action in it. And yeah, his emotional expressions, especially when Shufu died, mm-hmm. was so sentimental and so pulling to me. Like it pulled at my heartstrings at how much he was battling with that whole scene and how he was just like, it's because of On that this happened and I mm-hmm. made my choice and now Shifu's dead. And that broke my heart so badly because I'm like, you love her. It's gonna be so... <laughs> it, oh, it's so... It's just so good. And I think Kevin for me, really expressed that well. Mm-hmm. And I loved, I, I don't know. No, that's was, good. No, I'm glad, I'm glad you told me all that. Because yeah, it does. It, that does change kind of the way I was looking at it. I just wasn't, I wasn't in love with it as I was listening, but I have a different opinion of it now. <laughs> so. Well, good. <laughs> Great. Um, oh yeah, we were going to rate. Yes. <laughs> so no, no 
sexy rating, but no just the overall rating. book rating. I've got mine. It, it, mine's an eight. Mine's an eight as well. Awesome. <laughs> I think it's an eight. I really Great. enjoyed it. I liked, you know, it's just really nice to read a book where I'm not familiar with the mythology it's based on. I don't yeah. have a lot of knowledge to pull from so it's it's a little bit more challenging and it it makes me think more and pay attention and like listen you know it's just it's good you know mm-hmm. everything's so western all the time and it's nice to read something different yeah definitely and i would say that it would times me to my roots but it doesn't because i only have a smidge of chinese in me but <laughs> you know i always i always love to learn about different things and mm-hmm. another thing is it's a little nostalgic too because it brings me back to the time my brother and i watched tommy Tricker and the Stamp Traveler. <laughs> this is from way, way long ago. But he was telling me about when the character was in China, there were lights in the sky. And my brother told me that those were dragons. Aww. Yeah, it was very sweet. My brother's the sweetest guy ever. <laughs> he, told, he goes, those dragons are in the sky. They were stars. Yeah. But he said that they're there to, to help people. And they're not the typical dragons that we see here. No. They are the Chinese dragons. Yes. Or the, like the Shang-Chi dragon. Mm-hmm. They're really cool Chinese dragons. Yeah. But anyway, yeah, so that's that. Cool. So for our next book, guys, we are going to read The Kiss Quotient. And following along on our Asian author themes, this one is written by Helen Huang, narrated by Carly Robbins. So join us next time for that. Yeah, that'll be a contemporary book, but it's supposed to be really good. Like, I've heard great things about it. I've been interested to read it for a while. So we're going to read it. Yay. Yeah. All right. But in the meantime, please reach out to us on all of our social media. Tell us what you think. Give me different Asian authors that I've been missing. And you can find us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook at Shh Dirty Books. And that is sh- with three H's. Or you can email us directly at shdirtybooks at gmail.com. And you can visit us on our website at shdirtybooks.com and most places that you could find podcasts. Thank you, Jim Townsend, for your music. And with that, we are going to say good day. This is Saylet. And this is Kalina. And we'll see you guys later. Bye. Bye-bye. Yeah, you've been listening to Shh, Reading Dirty Books with Galena and Saylet. Be sure to tune in to the next episode. Get some more of your dirty books read to you. And if you're listening on a format that allows you to give a rating, please do that for them.